You guys have heard it said that um, doing the same thing multiple times, expecting a different result, is the definition of insanity. It's, yeah, it's it's not. It's not. Like, if you look at the definition of insanity, it's a mental issue. So I, I always. Yeah, so, so like it, there's like people at work that say this all the time. So a lot of times what I'll do just to have fun is, is they'll say that and I'll go, what? And they'll go, well, it's the definition of insanity doing the same thing. And I'll go, huh? And they'll go, well, it's the definition of insanity. And then the third time I do it, I'll go, I don't know, but this is insane. <laughs> um, but all jokes aside, there's the, what, the, the conversation. Um, The conversation that we're talking about is when you have, um, you're doing the same thing over and over again, right? That's what you're really talking about. It's like you're expecting something different, but you, you just keep doing the same thing over and over again. It's the, it's the cycle, you know? It's, you just keep driving forward, expecting something completely different. And um, for me, that, that part, like, the, like getting in the sin cycle, like doing it over and over and over again, expecting a different result, goes back to like being 13 years old and thrown into this world of pornography and being pottered by the world in that age frame that I, where I was as an impressionable teen. Um, Cohen and I watched uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade together yesterday. And um, you, know, you have a different perspective when you go back to movies that you hadn't watched in quite a while. And in that movie, there's, you know, he's hanging out with a, a young lady and it's just very um, loose living, so to speak. It's just like lackadaisical. Like there's no meaning or purpose behind it. We're just with each other. And, and I was telling Kellen that that's how you're, I was pottered as a kid. It, was, it wasn't that my parents didn't care. It was just the way that the world works, right? It's, it's like it's just normal. And, and so the, the world system, that's one of the things that, that I struggle with a lot when we talk about um, eschatology as I, as I feel like we talk about this thing that's going to wrap up at an end point, but we don't talk about how this thing is trying to potter us right now. It's trying to mold and shape us. It's ministering to us every day. We call it the grind. We call it going through the motions, right? Um, that's not from the Lord. So from 13 up until I was in my 30s, I had been struggling with this thing called pornography, and I was at a place to where... Uh, um, the Romans 7 scripture, right? It's 24. It says, wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the, bo- the body of this death? That was, that was kind of the standpoint of my, of my very being. And, and I was just asking today if anybody's ever been there. Has any, is there anything going on in your life that you can think of? I'm in a cycle. Ashley and I are currently going through the thing right now. It's just the stupid food stuff, man. I can't get away. Everybody keeps giving us sweet treats, and there's opportunities to constantly eat stuff. And the Lord told me, like, when she offers for you to go to Big Pool and Walk, I want you to go to Big Pool and Walk. And so she asked me about every day. You know, I was kind of hoping it would be like once a year <laughs> or like once a month, but it's like every day. And I, she says, do you want to go? And I go, no. But I'm going to go. <laughs> and so we, we go. Um, so I can very much sympathize. But one of my, so as you're thinking about, like, is there something that you're stuck in that cycle? One of my pastors at LMC, um, he teaches the preaching, 
portion. Lynn, he said, Rick, can you just take one section of Scripture? Just humor me. Take one section of Scripture, and that's all you focus on the entire time. It's like, okay, challenge accepted. I'm, I get so excited about Scripture, I'll kind of bounce around. I'm sure you can tell that. It might drive you about half crazy. But today, we're just going to camp out in Luke 15, 11 through 24. And we're going to talk about the prodigal son. From the lens of what it is to go through a cycle. So we start out, and Jesus is giving a parable about a very lost young man. And it starts out like this. It says, Luke 15, 11. And he said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate. That falls to me, so he divided his wealth between them. Lust of the eye, right? You saw what your dad had. You had the potential for what you could do with what you would have through your inheritance. And he said, can I have it now? Um, I don't know about you. You start giving me stuff early on in my life. What a complete train wreck. Sean said downstairs, he says, be careful what you ask for. You might actually get it. Um, That, I would say, is what happens here. And every thought that we have not taken captive leads to an action, good or bad, right? You keep thinking about eating chocolate cake, chances are you're probably going to end up with it on your plate. Okay, so the next part of this, (laughs) speaking of which, Ashley, did you make any chocolate cake? And and not many days later, the young man, younger son, gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his estate with loose living. So there we go. Now we have the lust of the eye. These thought processes lead to an action. He's lost it all. The sin action, right? Verse 14 says, Now when... He had spent everything. A severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to be impoverished. Shocker. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating, and no one was giving him anything um, wasn't giving him anything. So now we have the, the pride cycle. You've lost everything, and now you're in, you're in the rut. What are you going to do? You're stuck. Pride fuels lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life. It just continues. It's not sustainable. Um, in his parable, what's interesting is Jesus uses this idea of swine, and swine, you know, in the Jewish culture is cursed. It's not a coincidence that we have the the parable here where he's feeding the swine. He's feeding his own curse. He's he's feeding, he's driving, his his actions are driving the problem further, uh, further and further down the road. You will constantly be in debt. You will constantly be in debt to your curse. But then we have verse 17. It says, but when he came to his senses, 
He said, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? But I am dying here with hunger. I will get up and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. Are you finished feeding your curse? Right? Are we finished? Are you done yet? I have a friend in CR, uh, Celebrate Recovery, Tim. And I'd watch him. Um, I'd get so frustrated. And afterwards, I realized, watch people um, that were struggling with, with addictions. And I would get, man, oh, this is like, I couldn't do this. It's driving me crazy. And Lord said, the reason why you don't like this, because you don't like to look at yourself in the mirror. That's why it makes you uncomfortable. But I watched my friend Tim minister, and someone would come up and he would tell him the hard luck story of, of where he was, whether it was from alcohol or whatever it is. And he would say that he was dealing with consequence. I'm about to go to jail. I'm about to lose my car. I lost my wife, whatever. And Tim would listen through all that, and I'd see him just intently listening. And then he would say, okay, do you want help? And he would say, okay, this program's available to you, and I can do this for you, and I can. And then immediately the switch happens. And the person goes, Oh, not too. Uh, I don't know if I, I can't. And Tim will go stop. He puts his hand on her shoulder and he says something like, "Buddy, it's okay. You ain't had enough pain yet. You ain't got to the point to where you hit the bottom, to where it jarred your memory that you needed help. And that's okay. Don't don't play like you have to fake it with me. We'll get there. Just keep in mind the door is open when you need me." I am here. I'll be praying for you. I love you. And he left the door open. That was always convicting to me. It was always like a sword. It was like he was willing to sow what he could, leave them with a the question, and then back off so that the Lord could work. Um, now, sorry, kind of lost my spot there. For me, there was that pitiful, pivotal moment, right, where you realize you're going to stop feeding your curse, right? So that Tim was dealing with someone that wasn't ready yet. The prodigal son, he was ready. He was ready to move forward. My pivotal moment happened in, I think it was around like 2011. Um, I went to a CR, and that's where, where Tim was. And I heard our pastor at the time deliver a message about how in a second, he was delivered from sexual sin and the ability of drugs and all these other things. In a single evening, that was gone. And you would think that was the most encouraging thing I had ever heard. I was pretty mad, like pretty infuriated. Darted out to the parking lot, got in my car, and me and God had a little talk. One that if it would have been heard within the church, I probably would have been thrown off. Because I'm like, I've been dealing with this since I was 13 years old. God shows up on some guy's life and all of a sudden he's completely done and finished with it. I'm destroying my wife and my kids. They're watching me struggle. I can't seem to get my head above water. And I'm like, God, it's not that I don't believe in you. It's that you're not moving. You're not doing nothing. And I was pretty upset and frustrated. Had no clue that that was a prayer. It was an ugly prayer. It definitely was an ugly prayer. But it was a prayer nonetheless. Are you finished feeding your curse, right? Have you experienced enough pain yet? Well, the prodigal son does this. He got up and he came to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him. 
felt compassion for him, and he ran and he embraced him and he kissed him. Don't expect when you come to God as though that you have to run the whole way. God's going to meet you right where you are. Don't think that you're going to turn around and you're going to see that look that we see from our parents sometimes that they're going to be disappointed. That ain't who God is. I know I've given that look to my kids before, but that isn't who God is. He looks at you and he's happy that you turned around. You've changed your mind. Repentance is simply, I changed my mind. I need, I need potter, God. How do I rethink this situation? And the son said to his father, I've sinned against heaven and your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Just about he was getting ready to say to him, make me one of your servants. His father interrupts. And he says, make me as one. Um, the father interrupts him. He says to his slaves, quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they began to celebrate. My celebration moment came several weeks later after that ugly prayer in a parking lot. And I was in a pretty bad place struggling by myself and suddenly got hit with the awareness that the Holy Spirit was in the room. And I was quite terrified that the Holy Spirit was there. And I suddenly realized that I had been hiding. I was a Christian hiding. Doesn't make much sense. Have God in my life, but in my sin I was hiding. But there was no hiding. He was there. I thought the Lord was going to kill me. I thought Ashley was going to find me on the floor dead. But I felt the presence of the Lord wrap around my shoulders. And I felt the Lord say, I love you. And I knew that I wasn't hiding anymore. And so I started to be honest. I started to talk to people about what my struggle was. And I wanted out. And it was amazing what the Lord did. He put people in my life to put me back on a path. And it took a long time. It wasn't that overnight transformation that had happened to our pastor friend. It took several, several long weeks, several long months for the Lord to guide me back to him so that I could have victory um, with Christ Jesus. And he could be exalted above, above this. He's given us a sword when we're, when we're finished and we have our testimony with him. So the thing that I want to make sure that I instill is the, is the fact of when you're stuck with anything, that you have somebody that's around to be an advocate and not be a judger of anybody. You can come to me and you can talk to me about anything. I'm like, I, I said to somebody the other day, I said, you know, I might not be Planet Fitness, but I am a new judgment zone. Um, we can get through this together. We can, we can get through this with community. And one of the things that, that just really bothers me, and I think the reason why um, it's hit my heart, and I know I've talked about it several times, but this is something that's so prevalent within the church. It's everywhere. If you look at statistics, this type of sin, sexual sin, is just rampant, and no one wants to say anything. And I'm not going to not say anything, because I know it's around. And I've been given a sword, and I understand I'll be treated differently. And that's okay. That's okay. It's the cost of honesty. We're going to get through this together. We're going to see people changed and healed in the name of Jesus 
from this horrible thing that we have where an enemy is trying to change our mindsets and reduce us down to emotions and feelings for a quick gratification. So, are you done feeding your curse? Have you experienced enough pain yet? Are you ready to be restored and experience new life? This morning, um, I already got mine. Um, it's, it's with food. I'm, I'm dedicating the, our current situation with food. I'm dedicating that to the Lord, and we're going to see what the Lord does with that because I've had enough. Um, and, and full disclosure, since we have lost several kids, I have dived into chocolate peanut butter cake and, and other things to make me feel better. And I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be held accountable. Um, I got people in this church that it's convicting. What's your shirt say, Gary? That says the, the barn shirt, it says something about pain. Embrace the pain or something? Pain is weakness leaving the body. That was convicting when you came the other day when, um, to our committee meeting. It was like, right, so I'm going to need your help with accountability for that. You, you work out all the time, and I don't want to work out. But can you help me try to, I'm just being honest. This is what you're dealing with. This is what you're working with. But I'm going to need your help. So this morning, let's pray together and let's see what the Holy Spirit does. So I just thank you, God. I just thank you, God, so much for your Holy Spirit of conviction. It's not condemnation. It is conviction. It's you saying, look, turn around so you can lock eyes with my love and I can show you a new way. It may happen in a moment. It may take a year, two years. Who cares how long it takes? God is with us in this process. He has not left us. I just thank you, God, for that. I just thank you as you're highlighting people in our lives, maybe, for us to pray for. We're not going to judge them. We're not going to treat them any differently because we've all been in this spot. We're in a cycle and we can sympathize. We've had that plank, that log in our eye. We can look at somebody with love and say, hey, look, I'm here for you. I'm not against you. I just thank you, God, for that. I ask you to continue to guide and direct us to full sozo healing, safe, healed, delivered, made safe and sound. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you like to lead us in...